Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Got some big action in the NBA tonight. 76ers, Boston Celtics. That is a 7.30 p.m. tip-off. So just about 30 minutes from now. No Joel Embiid for the Philadelphia 76ers. We have to get into that, Joe. I am slamming my hot tea here. I got back from Nashville this morning. Nashville, I don't know how Jason Fitz survived living in that city forever. For those who don't know, he was a violinist in the band Perry for many years. I don't know how he toured the world doing that sort of Nashville life. I don't know how Jason Fitz is alive, but I will say it is a glorious, glorious place. Well, Fitz is a professional, and you, shall we say, probably weren't a professional this weekend would be my guess. I think that's fair to say. (laughs) Unfortunately, our bosses do follow me on Instagram. That did enter my head a couple times throughout the weekend. Maybe wasn't putting my most professional foot forward this weekend on Instagram. You can find him on social media at Joe Fortenball. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. I would say out of ESPN Radio's lineup, I think you and I are sort of the party show right i'm okay with that i mean you're out of miami i'm out of las vegas if we're not the party show we're definitely not living up to our branding so yeah kudos for you i followed along on instagram i thought it looked like you guys and uh, you and your friends had a wonderful time i've never been to nashville i've also never heard anything negative about nashville it is like a 100 percent approval rating It is a 100% fun, fun place. We'll see if the Philadelphia 76ers have any fun tonight. They're going to be missing their superstar. They're going to be missing their leading scorer tonight, Joe, taking on a very good Boston team. So this is my long national nightmare as a Sixers fan. Every year, the same thing. We're going to win the opening round. We're going to look good. Something's going to happen to one of the other favorites. This year, it's Milwaukee falling flat on its face and getting eliminated. And then you start to have hope. And that's the most dangerous thing to have as a Philadelphia fan, especially as a Sixers fan, because all you're doing is setting yourself up for disaster, which is now happening. Joel Embiid is not going to play in game one. Let me give you an idea of what the guys who set odds on this for a living think of this series and the Sixers' chances. Not only are they a 10.5-point underdog tonight, but Boston is priced at minus 500 to win this series. That means you got to risk 500 bucks to win 100 But more importantly, when you convert that to a probability, that means Boston has an 83% chance to win this series. That is what the bookmakers think of Philadelphia. Without Joel Embiid, you cannot count on James Harden because he is not the same James Harden from the past who was a James Harden who flamed out in the playoffs in crucial situations. I think Tyrese Maxey goes off, but ultimately it's going to be too much Boston defense, too much Boston talent, and not enough Joel Embiid. Also, I don't know if you saw what James Harden showed up to the arena in tonight. But my money would be on Boston if I was a betting woman just for that. I don't know. I'm old, I guess. Like, I don't get it. Some of these looks in the NBA, you know, like he's serving us some fashion. I I just don't get it. I think I'm old. He looked like Sully from Monsters, Inc. (laughs) That's good. That's a good poll. 
that's, that's actually a real good point right though. the perfect way to describe his outfit showing up to the arena tonight. Does it matter to you that Philly, does it give you any hope as a 76ers fan that Philly was an 11 and 5 during the regular season without Embiid averaging 118.4 points per game with him sidelined? Not really, because those games weren't exclusively against a team of Boston's caliber. I would say if Philly's going to have a chance, and the rumor is Embiid might be able to go in game two, but he's not going to be 100%. So if you're going to have a chance tonight, you're going to have to rely on essentially two things. Number one, the fact that you have five extra days of rest coming into this series. That's fantastic for guys like Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, because they might need 43 minutes, 45 minutes from you tonight, and you're rested and in a position where you can deliver that if the score is close. Number two, Boston, an exceptional basketball team, no doubt. But there have been those wobble moments this year. Losing game three in Atlanta to the Hawks, that's not necessarily that big of a deal in my opinion. Teams show up in those spots down 0-2 coming home. But the one that stands out is game five at home, the closeout game. The Celtics blew a huge lead and got rocked in the second half and lost that game. That should never happen to a championship caliber team. You should squash the opponent, much like Denver did in their game five, put them away when you come home. Boston didn't do that. There have been some lapses this year, and Boston has struggled in games where they've been this big of a favorite. They've lost, I believe, eight times this season outright when they've been a favorite of 10 or more points. So that's what would give me hope for tonight's game. But even if Philly keeps it close, I don't see him winning. Now, what did those odds look like for the series before the injury to Joel Embiid? And he's got a sprained knee for those of you who may not be aware. So he is out tonight again for game one against the Celtics. Uh, it may be coming back for game two. We'll wait on that information. What did the odds look like? Because I am a little surprised that Boston would be such a favorite because of what you just said. They had those struggles against Atlanta. Boston had zero. Zero struggles against Brooklyn. They were dominant on every level. They were dominant on the offensive glass against Brooklyn. Like even when you pull some of the advanced metrics, Boston got eaten up by Atlanta in that same regard, posted a negative 21 offensive rebound differential that led to Atlanta scoring 33 more second chance points in that series. There was deficiencies there for the Boston Celtics that I saw in round one that I didn't see for the 76ers in round one. So I'd be surprised that Boston would be such a heavy favorite if Joel Embiid was healthy. So there's three levels to this. There's level number one, the one we just talked about with the current prices, Boston minus 500. There's level number two. Right after Boston wrapped the series, they were somewhere around, I believe, minus 260, minus 270, which is still a sizable favorite because you had the word that Embiid wasn't 100%, but you weren't sure he was going to be ruled out. And then you have the version of the odds if Embiid was completely healthy, which would still have Boston as a sizable favorite, probably minus 200. And the main reason for that is, What's the perception of the Sixers? Exactly what I said when we started this show. Win the first round every single year, lose the second round every single year. So you're not going to see them in a real tight race with a team like the Celtics, who have shown to be a quality team on both ends of the court and won the Eastern Conference last year. So this is as bad as it gets in terms of odds pricing. Maybe they surprise him tonight in some regard, and then Embiid comes back. But I don't know how you're going to take four of seven from a team like the Celtics who can trot that type of defense out there. And for the Philadelphia 76ers, it's not just fall on their face. Something happens in the second round after they look like things are falling into place in round one from them, their play, and beyond them, like you said, with the Bucks falling on their face against the Heat. But they are no stranger to that collapse and also injuries to Joel Embiid in the postseason, right? I mean, yeah. that's... 
in part, in the past, one of the reasons that they always kind of end up in this trouble. Joel Embiid, inevitably, in the postseason, it always ends up being a situation. We'll see how long he's out. Again, he may be back for game two. So we got that Sixers-Celtics game tonight, 7.30 p.m. Tip-off, tipping off in just about 20 minutes from now. Suns-Nuggets tonight as well. Game two, that is a 10 p.m. tip-off tonight. We will be getting into that series a little bit later in the show. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Coming up next, though, from one injured star to another. We'll get into that. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. You can listen to ESPN Radio on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured... It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Oh man, I was a Broadway girl this weekend. Leave the Broadway girls alone. Ooh, now I know what Morgan's been singing about this whole time now that I spent the weekend down on Broadway. Joe, if you ever get the opportunity, you have to go. Um, maybe, you know, the weekend, though I will say, it is a lot of bachelorette parties and a lot of bachelor parties. It's that kind of thing. You're very accustomed to that in Las Vegas. It's kind of like a country version of Vegas in that regard, honestly. Yeah, it's odd for me living here knowing what level I can ratchet up to when I'm on vacation here versus when I come down here every day for work. Like I'm literally right. on the strip right now. And this is just business for me. But as mm-hmm. soon as I leave this studio and walk through the casino floor, it's chaos everywhere. Especially when we do the Sunday morning show on ESPN two during football season. Cause we come walking in at about three 30 
that is the absolute worst hour to see people in Vegas because that's that's not like, hey, we're all dressed up. We just started drinking. It's not, hey, we woke up and had breakfast. That is the tail end of your Vegas experience, and it is a disaster, as everyone <laughs> listening knows or could imagine. You don't want to see it when the lights come no. on, right? It's like being in the nightclub when it shuts down and kicks oh. you out when the lights come on and things look very, very different. Nashville has a little bit of that as well. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. But something did happen over the weekend when I was in Nashville. I haven't gotten to it yet. Okay, I've waited way too long. I'm like 17 minutes into this show, and I haven't mentioned the Miami Heat. Okay, so we are going to get into my Miami heat but first joe's gonna give you a little advice let's get to it pizza money alert pizza pizza last show out we were three and one plus 1.9 units we are now entering the fifth month of joe and amber we have made 180 wagers we are 97 and 83 plus 20.89 units not bad work if you can find it eventually the cold streak is coming but not tonight hopefully two bets in the philadelphia boston matchup tonight both are player props number one tyrese maxi over 24 and a half points average about 20 points per game on the season but in games without joel Embiid, that number jumps to 28 points per game he's gonna have the green light to shoot early and shoot often in this matchup player prop number two james harden under 22 and a half points in this game Harden's player prop in the last series against Brooklyn was about 20 and a half points and the under cash so often that they ended up moving it down to 19 and a half. Now they've moved it back up to 22 and a half because there's no Joel Embiid. That makes sense. But they're playing the Boston Celtics who are a much better defense than the Brooklyn Nets. So it doesn't make sense necessarily to me. Keep in mind, Harden shot 11 free throws in the last series. 11. In the 2019 playoff series against the Warriors, he averaged 10 free throws per game. He doesn't drive to the rack anymore. His Achilles has slowed him down. He's an older player. He's not as accurate with his shooting. I think he's going to be more of a facilitator tonight. So the first two pizza monies. Number one, Tyrese Maxey over 24.5 points. Number two, James Harden under 22.5 points. Game one belongs to the Heat. But we are expecting, you know, this game to be like this. It's, it's going to be a cage fight. We believe that we can do something special. We're going to continue to play as such, and then we're going to see where we end up in the end. Just sounds so good, doesn't it? It's just the sweetest thing. I mean, Morgan Wallen's music as well. Sweet music to my ears, but so is listening to the Heat beat the New York Knicks. A rivalry renewed. It feels like a throwback to the 90s, Joe. The Heat take it at MSG in game one, 108 to 101. The big no- news, though, as we head into game two tomorrow night, that's going to be a 7.30 p.m. tip-off, is that the Heat might be without Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler rolled his ankle in game one. It looked nasty. Apparently, it's incredibly swollen with reports. And he's been getting around-the-clock care for that ankle. Jalen Brunson, also questionable for Game 2. Another Knicks injury concern. They already don't have Julius Randle because of his own issues with his ankle. So the injury bug biting this series early on, which kind of sucks, Joe. Because this is a fun one. And if you want this thing to be everything that it used to be in the 90s, then the stars need to be available. Yeah, this is an absolute bummer. Butler being hurt. Uh, Brunson's dealing with an illness, so that hopefully isn't long-term. And then the Julius Randle injury, which, let's be honest, he got hurt, ankle injury, with about two weeks to go in the season. 
He came back for the series against Cleveland, but he wasn't very good. And he's still battling that injury. They sat him for game one. The Knicks were terrible in that game. Two points of reference. Number one, seven of 34 from deep. They couldn't buy a three-pointer. They shot 20% in that department. And then number two, when Butler got hurt, it was like 5.05 left in the fourth quarter. I think they were down three or four points. They lost by seven. How the hell are you going to get outscored over the final 5.05 of the game when you're at home and Jimmy Butler was a decoy? He was just standing in the corner. He wasn't even playing. And they couldn't figure out how to get past him. So that's a big miss for the New York Knicks in game one. Now, maybe they find a way to bounce back. I like him in game two. The Heat accomplished everything they wanted to accomplish early in this series, just like they did against Milwaukee. They went on the road for the first two games. They won the first one. All you got to do is grab one, and then you bring it back to Miami. So the Heat are in a great spot from a series perspective, but that Butler injury is going to loom large because Miami doesn't have the scores. Again, as, 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 and this isn't to knock your team. They've been fantastic, but they just don't have enough scoring options outside of Butler, right? Like, I you mean, watch the rest of these guys, and it's like, my God, can someone help Jimmy out? Right. I mean, it's, it's, it was the problem with the regular season. It's why I didn't expect anything yeah. from my Heat in the postseason, because I watched them all season long, and they just didn't have the shooting around Jimmy. And they couldn't find the shooting from the guys like Duncan Robinson, who had traditionally provided that shooting in the past. Now, Duncan also couldn't provide it in Game 1. He only played, uh, what, 12 minutes, I think, in Game 1 anyways. But they did get it from some other unlikely sources, like Gabe Vincent, who has shown up huge against the Bucks and showing up huge in this series so far, showing up huge so far in the postseason. He put up 20 points on 33 minutes, five assists, a couple boards as well against the Knicks. Jimmy Butler is, we know, pivotal. He's been carrying this team. I mean, he carried that team. He put them on his back and carried them against the Bucks. I guess from the Heat fan perspective, the only thing that makes me feel a little bit better about this, now, again, I need Jimmy to be healthy to accomplish the goal ultimately. If he was out just this game, fine. If this is going to linger and be a severe ankle sprain, then I think that that, is means trouble for my team. But if Jimmy comes back and is healthy, Joe, it does give me hope that he wasn't unbelievable in game one. He didn't have to be unbelievable. Like he put up 25 points. I mean, given 25 points, 11 boards and four assists sounds pretty good, but by the standards of what Jimmy's been doing, I mean, if we measure Jimmy against Jimmy against the Bucks, I mean, it wasn't his almost his most unbelievable game and certainly not in terms of scoring. The three point shooting wasn't nearly as good for the heat. They weren't doing that thing that they did against the Bucks where they were like the best three point shooting team that's ever existed. And you're wondering how are they going to sustain this? They didn't do that in game one and yet they still beat the Knicks. So that gives me some hope from that perspective. The thing that, burns me up big picture on this is that if this series with the injuries and how closely these two are going to play each other because that's how it should go it should be close pretty much the whole way if this thing goes six or seven and the Celtics make quick work of Philadelphia the winner of this is just going to get roasted in the in the conference finals and the Eastern Conference was set up to be so much fun and it feels like we might end up getting a very underwhelming finish. And I don't want to be Debbie Downer with that whole thing. So, yeah, there's definitely a way it could play out differently. But if Boston makes quick work of Philly because of the Embiid injury and then Miami and New York beat up on each other for six to seven games, whoever's limping into the conference final is going to have a tough go of it. So, I don't know. I mean, what do you think of Miami's chances? Like, if you're, 
If you can survive this round and Butler gets healthy and then you're staring at the Celtics, I mean, who's to say they can't give them a run for their money, I guess? I feel really good about Miami's chances if if Jimmy Butler is healthy. So this ankle injury certainly concerns me. But otherwise, I feel good about their chances. And I feel decent about them competing against Boston because, yes, I am scared of the Seas. But also, I saw them, first of all, one shot away, one three-point shot away that should have been a two. He should have driven to the basket at the end of the Eastern Conference Finals, and he should have made an NBA Finals, of course. I'm talking about Jimmy Butler last season. So I saw them one shot away from going to the Finals over Boston already last season. And then we're talking about a Miami team that just took down the Bucks. So even though I'm intimidated by the Seas, I was way more intimidated by the Milwaukee Bucks. They've been there and done that. It certainly gives me some hope. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, is the Bruins' loss in the first round the biggest collapse in sports history? Go Florida Panthers. We'll get into that. ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Rolling along here on Joe and Amber. You can find him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. And you tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio. It is that simple. So we are getting you ready for tonight's games in the NBA. You have Sixers, Celtics. They're squaring off right now. They're about to tip off. So we will keep you updated on that game as the action unfolds during our show. Also, Suns Nuggets tips off at 10 p.m. tonight. That is a game two with the Nuggets leading that series. So we'll get into all of that and keep you updated. But right now, let's get into the sound that we might have missed over the weekend that we should react to. They said it. But what do they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. The Aaron Rodgers era is officially over in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and the Packers are moving forward with Jordan Love as their quarterback. But how much faith do they actually have in Love? Apparently not enough to make picking up his fifth-year option a no-brainer. Here's Packers GM Brian Gudenkunst. We're kind of still working through that. We've been so focused on the draft. We've had some preliminary conversations, but we'll get to that before Tuesday. What would be the reason not to? Uh, again, i got to get through that. It's a lot of money for a guy who hasn't played, but at the same time, obviously, we're, we're moving forward with him, so we'll, we'll figure that out by Tuesday. Well, that sounded uh, just so confident, didn't it? James Steele, he produces our show. Hello, James. Hi. Yeah, uh, a lot of confidence there from Brian Gunnkunst. Great, uh, great pronunciation there. You Thank you. I nailed his yeah, name nice. for once. I was, sure. I did a little victory lap there. Yeah, it was great. Uh, it's it an great. upset, like if the Sixers would win tonight against the Celtics. It's very, I know, it really, it really was. Yeah, we're the odds were against of you. me there. 
All right, Joe, uh, do you think Jordan Love will be the Packers' long-term answer at quarterback? No. The expectations are going to be way too high. That that's you, you had Brett Favre, then you moved over to Aaron Rodgers, and now here comes Jordan Love. I mean, right there they tell you, well, yeah, we're, I guess we're not really sure about picking up that. What do you mean you're not sure about picking up the option? This was the guy. You drafted him in the first round. I thought this was the whole transition thing. Like, Rodgers is gone. The Jordan Love era begins. Well, we're not really sure, and we're going to draft a guy. Plus, take a look at all the offensive weapons they drafted in this past draft, starting with the tight end position, the kid out of Oregon State, I believe, in the second round. Like, Aaron Rodgers very rarely ever got that. They used to go defense because they knew he was good enough to carry their offense, so they build their resources elsewhere. So, no, I think eventually this, the the expectations are going to be so high, Love's not going to be able to reach them, and they're going to start looking for a plan B. I tend to agree with Joe. It's not going to be about how Love performs even necessarily in terms of like him just being a collapse or a bust or awful, but I tend to agree with Joe about the level of expectations. You're coming off of two Hall of Famers, so how can you kind of be patient and have reasonable expectations? I feel like the noise around Jordan Love, even if he's not a bust, but he's just eh, mediocre. You know, he takes some time. The guy hasn't had any time, frankly, because Aaron Rodgers was largely always available for the Packers. Even if he takes his time, I don't know if he's going to get the time that he fully needs to develop. Now, on the flip side, you could say, well, he's been sitting behind one of the greatest of his generation to do it for years now. And that was the advantage that Aaron Rodgers had. So maybe that same advantage will work for Jordan Love. I tell you what, if it does, if they strike lightning three times the Packers and they have found their guy, I feel like NFL teams are going to start doing this always. We're like you draft the guy years before you're ready to get rid of the first guy. Right? That's, that seems like it's going to be the move moving forward. If it, if it works a third time, it, right. it'll seem like a recipe for success. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're going to cl- clearly people are going to watch. And if love explodes early, you're going to have to th- rethink the whole idea of playing these guys early. Right. No kidding. Staying in the Milwaukee area, it was a very disappointing end to the season for the Bucks. I mean, that's James's words. I actually found it to be a glorious uh, ending to the season for the Milwaukee Bucks at the hands of my Miami Heat. Nevertheless, and with a lot of uncertainty around the roster this summer for the Milwaukee Bucks, I'm back to the stuff James wrote on my screen. Brian Windhorst <laughs> says that Giannis signing an extension isn't a given. Well, they were facing a very difficult situation this summer, even if they had won the title. They have guys in their 30s who need to get paid, and they have Giannis, who's in his 20s, who has a contract extension situation. I think it is unlikely that Giannis extends his contract this summer. He does have two years left, but with everything that's going on with the team and considering that there is new ownership, that makes it very difficult. The Bucks are headed into the repeater tax. This is what happens to teams that are contenders year over year, and they spend. So everything on this team is about to get more expensive. Plus, we have new rules coming in that is going to limit the way they can improve this roster going forward. They are a late-stage contender with a superstar in his 20s. There are teams in this league watching very closely to see what happens with the Bucks this summer, notwithstanding a decision potentially on Mike Budenholzer. Amber, how worried should the Bucks be about Giannis possibly leaving Milwaukee? I mean, I love this idea, right? Like, as a Heat fan, let's go, Giannis. Come down come down to some sunshine, some ocean. We'll give it to you, Pat. We'll figure out the money. Don't you worry. Jimmy needs another superstar. There'll be rings on your finger each and every year. Nevertheless, I don't think the Bucks should be particularly worried. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't sign the extension, like Windhorse is saying, for the variety of reasons that you just heard from Wendy, including the new ownership there in Milwaukee. But I don't think that signals 
in any way that Giannis plans to leave Milwaukee. We've seen it before. We've seen him take the Supermax. We've seen him stay. We've seen his commitment to that organization. But I think more importantly, we've seen that organization's commitment to Giannis. And I think that probably matters a lot to a player like Giannis. They have put the right pieces around him. We are talking about a Bucks team that was the one seed. And yes, they just got caught by the Miami Heat, but also by the arguably best coach in the league and Eric Spolstra by Jimmy Butler playing out of his mind. It could have happened to anybody in the league in the first round. I don't think that's a reason that Giannis is going to leave that franchise large, largely they have done everything right for Giannis, including putting him in a position previously to win a ring Joe. So putting yourself in a position to argue against what Wendy's saying when it comes to the NBA, is probably a fool's errand, but I'll try to make the counterpoint to it anyway. From what I understand, and I could be wrong, but these NBA guys, players that is, when their opportunities come up for these max extensions, you sign them no matter what, and then you just force the trade later. Like, that's what you do. You go out, you sign the deal, you get all the money, and then if things go south, you just force the team to trade you. So there's no reason whatsoever to pass and then to play out the deal and risk the injury and then go sign with someone else. Like, just sign, and then if it doesn't work, force the team to trade you. Like, look at how many times D'Angelo Russell's monster contract has been moved around. So he strikes me more as a Steph Curry than a LeBron James. What I mean by that is playing with one franchise your whole time rather than bouncing around and trying new things. But it wouldn't surprise me either if someone else lulled him away because Milwaukee maybe sat there and said, look, we're just going to rebuild this whole thing. I think it would be a fool's errand for Milwaukee to have a generational talent like Giannis and not give him everything every single time the opportunity came up. I mean, what's the point of being in the business if you can't do that? Speaking of an eighth seed in South Florida beating a one seed. Loose puck behind the net, loose to the side of the net, jamming away is Kachuk with Bennett along the near boards. Bennett finds it to the circle for Hagee, shot top shelf, he scores! Carter Verhagen top shelf, and the Panthers win in overtime! The Panthers stun the Bruins in Boston, and the Panthers are moving on to round two! Carter Verhagen, the Panthers have won in overtime! 4-3 the final, the Panthers take game seven, and they're moving on! Oh, that call makes me so happy. Courtesy Ooh. of my old stomping grounds, 560 WQAM, James. Yeah, that was the Panthers upsetting the supposedly all-time great Bruins team who had won more games than any other team in NHL history in overtime. That was in Game 7. Joe, where does this Boston team rank among all-time disappointments? I mean, it's a massive disappointment. It's not the 19 and Doe as Homer Simpson would say, Patriots, because that was, I mean, they were a 14-point favorite in the Super Bowl against the Giants, who they had beaten a few weeks earlier. That game was close, but they still beat them. So that's a bigger disappointment. And, I mean, we're coming off in March Madness where Purdue went down as a one seed. We saw Virginia go down one year as a one seed. Those are always huge disappointments. The reason why I'm not going to rank it higher than it belongs, there's no postseason in all of sports that distinguishes more between the regular season and the playoffs. I think baseball is a little bit like that, where it's, it's, it's about the hot team coming in and the team that gels at the right moment. Like in football, the top seeds are going to win. Look at the Eagles and the Chiefs. They were the number one seeds in their respective conference. That wasn't a surprise. In the NBA, the cream usually rises to the top. The best players, the best teams make it far. But in hockey, you can get a hot goaltender. You can, in baseball, you can get a hot team like the Phillies, and it changes everything. So, yeah, Boston, great regular season, but you're up 3-1. You couldn't figure it out. Panthers were 20-1 to to come back and win that series when they were down 3-1. So Congratulations great. to anyone who played that.
I mean, just unbelievable. Rats all over the ice, as there should be. Uh, yeah, I, for these South Florida teams, I mean, big ups to the Miami area. The Heat ruining the best season in the NBA in the Milwaukee Bucks. The Panthers ruining the best season in the NHL in the Bruins. And yet, Joe's right. I mean, it's not up there with the biggest upsets. We are talking about first-round upsets. I'll reference the Kansas City Chiefs just to annoy James. That's why I pulled this one up. (laughs) You know, back in 2014, you remember that, uh, or that 2013 AFC, that season, that AFC wildcard game that took place in January, 2014. You remember that you guys were up 38, nothing at one point, then 38 to 10 early in the second half. Then the Chiefs allowed touchdown drives of 80, 41, 80, 90, 80 yards. This is the game. This is the biggest collapse. Of, of times past, there's been a lot of big collapses in sports over the years. I do think Jordan Spieth, there's been a lot of them in golf. Jordan Spieth in the Masters in 2016. Remember, he was like triple bo- bogeying or whatever every every hole uh, when he had a huge lead in that Masters. There's been there's been a lot of collapses. This, this is a good one, but I also think calling it one of the biggest collapses in sports takes something away from it. You referenced the pa- – take something away from what the Panthers actually did. Uh, you referenced the Patriots there. It is interesting. I heard Greeny bring it up today where the Patriots, they have that amazingly perfect season and it doesn't translate to the postseason. You got that with the Golden State Warriors, obviously, with that historic team. You had it now in the NHL with the Bruins with that historic team. It doesn't always pan out like the winner of the regular season doesn't necessarily win the actual title. You spend a lot of energy, maybe, during the regular season on trying to win the regular season. It doesn't actually get you a ring. We have another Game 7 in the NHL tonight. You can see Rangers-Devils on ESPN-TV. Coverage of that game begins at 8 p.m. Eastern. Coming up next, though, on Joe and Amber, we will put a bow on the Lamar Jackson saga. We didn't get to talk about it. We were off air a couple days last week for the NFL Draft. Let's get into it. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply took two years, two years, but Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens finally reached a deal. We have been talking about it here on ESPN radio for two years. So we need to put a bow on the Lamar Jackson deal saga. Before we get to that though, here on Joe and Amber, let's give you a little bit of more pizza money. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Eight. 10 p.m. Eastern, the greatest words in all of sports. Game seven. It's the Devils. It's the Rangers. It's under five and a half goals. This has been a relatively low scoring series. Five goals per game is the average through the previous six. Three of the last four matchups have gone under. The one that went over was on Saturday. There were goals scored in the final 90 seconds of both the first and second period. Yeah, that can happen. You have to take it seriously, but eh. I see this as an under-series. I see this as an under-game. Referees, let the kids play tonight. Decide it on the ice. Don't call penalties like we saw in that Boston-Florida game, which still was a fantastic game. Pizza Money number three, Rangers-Devils under five and a half goals. 
Now the team officially has announced a new five-year agreement with Lamar Jackson tying him to the Baltimore Ravens through the 2027 season. Not difficult to see this coming. Five years, $260 million. That is the contract that Lamar Jackson got. $185 million of that is guaranteed. It ain't Deshaun Watson in terms of guaranteed money. But it is more money overall than Deshaun Watson got. It is the most in the NFL. It makes him the highest played player in NFL history. So we finally got a deal done, Joe. And the news came down at about, what, 1.50 p.m. the day of the NFL draft. Yeah, good for him. Good for the Ravens. This is what needed to happen. He's an MVP quarterback. Yes, there are Count, apparently countless reasons why you shouldn't give them the money. Just countless. Whereas some of these other quarterbacks who have put up comparable stats or production, you just want to give them the bag no matter what. But this is what's best for the franchise. They've got a window where they can win now. They've got a top five defense right now. They brought in some wide receivers through the draft and free agency. They've got a solid offensive line, great tight end. They've got a great running back room. They have a new offensive coordinator in Todd Monken coming in from the University of Georgia. There's going to be less emphasis on this tight ends running backs thing that Greg Roman was doing and more emphasis on the wide receivers. And I think that's the most exciting thing here is that Lamar Jackson's now going to be playing in an offense where if he truly is a pocket passer and can do that, and I don't know why we constantly doubt it, but this is going to be a system where that can happen. So I'm thrilled for him. I'm thrilled for the Ravens. I'm very excited to see this team in action this year. It's interesting because we were talking leading up to the draft that the draft was probably the deadline to get that Packers-Jets deal done for Aaron Rodgers. And, of course, that deal got done before the NFL draft. We never – I don't remember as much as we talked about Lamar Jackson. Goodness, I mean, who knows? We talked about every single angle of this over the last 24 months, but – I Feels like remember. we should get 3% of the deal. No kidding. It really does. I mean, Lamar, I'll take that. You can go ahead and send me some money, boss. But yeah, I, I don't remember talking about the NFL draft being so pivotal, pivotal, where we all felt like, okay, that's what was going to be the thing that finally gets this done. It does feel like internally they must have felt like that was the deadline because this comes down right before the draft. And it makes sense, I guess, from the Ravens' perspective, hey, you need to sign this now. We need to get this done or we're going to move forward in the draft maybe in a different manner. Ravens probably oh, wanted to know, what are we doing in the draft? It's either in or out by the NFL draft. So I think that deadline, that approaching, seems very obvious that that had everything to do with the timing of this deal. The other thing that seems very obvious is the Jalen Hurts deal, where Jalen Hurts gets his deal. It ain't anywhere near what Deshaun Watson got in terms of guaranteed money. We're talking about a player that was just in the Super Bowl, and maybe Lamar Jackson looked at the Jalen Hurts deal and thought, okay, you know what? It ain't going to happen. Like, I'm not getting near that guarantee here or anywhere else. So just something like 30 days. I think it was 30 or 40 exact days from when he had put out on Twitter saying that he had requested a trade for the Baltimore Ravens. He signs a deal with the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I think it's those two things. And then it's also the idea that, you know, he might not pay attention to the media, but if he's even somewhat in tune, he's well aware of the fact that everyone keeps talking about how much he gets hurt. He knows how much he gets hurt. He knows that if the longer this goes on, the greater risk there is of screwing up a big time deal. Like at some point, you got to figure out how to get it done. If you're not going to get what you want, the fully guaranteed, what are you going to do? You're going to take nothing. You're just going to go out there and keep taking the risk 
year after year after year. And he probably also realized that, hey, when you thought the non-exclusive tag was going to bring a lot of suitors to the table, it didn't. And you realize there wasn't a whole lot of interest out there in giving him a massive contract and giving up multiple first-round picks in order to acquire him. So once you realize, A, you might not have a better option out there, B, yeah, injuries are a very real concern, C, other big-time quarterbacks are signing and not getting paid, at least to the extent of Deshaun Watson, and then D, you got this deadline of the draft where they might go out and draft your replacement, you realize that, yeah, being the highest-paid quarterback in NFL history, highest-paid player in NFL history, that still sounds pretty good. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Lamar Jackson, here is the Ravens quarterback on Ravens Twitter on his new deal. You know, for the last few months, there's been a lot of he say, she say, a lot of nail-biting, a lot of head-scratching going on. But for the next five years, it's a lot of flock going on. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's go, man. Can't wait to get there. Can't wait to be there. Can't wait to light up M&T for the next five years, man. Let's get it. I would imagine that that's the end of the road for this story, right? Like, we are going to move on. That's the implication there from Lamar. We have been stuck in this story for so long. This story has dragged on longer than any negotiations I ever remember dragging on such high-profile negotiations. And it did seem like it had come to a head just a month ago. There was obviously a lot of animosity that built up during these negotiations between the player and the organization, but they'll move forward just fine. Here's what it comes down to now. He might be done with all of that conversation. Now we move on to the fun conversation. Can you win in the postseason? His career, one win, four losses in the postseason. The Ravens are always constructed very well to compete over the course of a 16 and now 17-game schedule. The problem is trying to string multiple wins together with this style of play in the playoffs. It hasn't worked yet. Now the expectation should be that it has to work. It's performing in the postseason, and it is staying healthy. We will see if Lamar Jackson can do both of those things. He certainly just got paid to do both of those things, becoming the highest-paid player in NFL history. Coming up next, LeBron, Steph, the rivalry continues this this time in round two of the Western Conference. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 